Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of commercial-free five-yard rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph, and Nick. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? Welcome to today's mock draft episode. Now, we've got some guests on the line, and uh, one of them is a returning podcast favourite. You can almost go as far as, I'd say, hero now. He's definitely top of the charts of appearances. And the other one is his good friend, Ben. I will let Rich introduce Ben, but before we get to those two guys, Murph. We're in the studio once again. How you doing, pal? Yeah, this is good. It's uh, becoming a habit again, which is always uh, always good. It's been a phenomenal week. Uh, good set of podcasts we've had out. Um, really enjoyed it. And this one, I think, is also going to be another banger to top the chart. So, all good. Right. We've got some exciting news, Rush Nation. We are expanding. And by expanding, I mean we've taken on some writers. We're taking on a sort of... Well, I guess he's going to be a co-host, um, not going to be full-time because of commitments and so forth like that. And, uh, well, we're, we might as well talk about him right now. Rich, welcome to, I guess, the staff. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. You're going to be joining us as uh, sort of a co-host and providing some content possibly for the website, but we'll get into that at a later date. How do you feel? I feel excited. Yeah, I've always always enjoyed chatting to you guys about fantasy football. So as soon as I was offered the chance slash kept bugging you for the chance, um, yeah, I was really happy you kind of took me up on it. So 
Let's go. No, we wanted to do it. It's just uh, we did to get a few things out of the way, and now it's uh, the perfect time to bring you on. And um, yeah, it's going to be exciting to get you on some more podcasts and, and do more because you've got so much to offer. And now with the fantasy season only a few weeks away before it really kicks off, it's a great time to to bring you on board. And we're also going to add uh, another name to the roster as well, aren't we? Yeah. So actually, we're going to add another two. Uh, the other guy, I suppose, is coming on as a writer, probably full-time writer, and that's Stuart Love. You guys know him from the NFL UK admin side. Probably, I mean, he's crazy active all over the show, loves the game more than anybody else we know, and we felt that it was a good time to bring him on to write about football for us. And, you know, he shares the same values and, and morals about the game as we do, so to have him on board is a coup. And then He'll do some podcasts as well. Yeah. With us. And then uh, Josh is going to also provide us with some articles. I'm not sure what he's going to write about, but seeing as he's part of the furniture without actually anybody knowing who he is, it's going to be a ghostwriter, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Josh is going to throw some content out there as well, um, even if it's just to plug a few holes in the website. But cheers, pal. Wicked. Right, Rich, I will let you introduce the rest of today's podcast so Rush Nation can get the gist ah, of what we're doing. Before we do that, yeah, go on then, just want to jump in with the Listener League. So we've been praying all week. This will be one of the last one or two podcasts we do before we um, open it up to the rest of Rush Nation um, through the social handles. So we are about 30 35% subscribed, nearly 40%. So do uh, get involved. You need the code Fantasy Domination, which you just need to drop into a DM on any of the social channels at Five Yard Rush. So make sure you do that. I know that the one point PPR league is very close. It might have even filled by the time this has gone out. Uh, the standard league is filling up uh, very quickly as well. Um, but we also do have a half point PPR and also an IDP Superflex league. So, and we will probably do another one TBC. We're still working that one out. So don't worry. And if they if we do fill out leagues, we'll just do more leagues. So it's not sort of, a, but we might just change the the types of leagues that we do. So to get the priority of your choice, you need to action this quickly. One hundred percent right, Rich. You and Ben have got some exciting news. Why don't you introduce Ben and then tell everyone about your news? So it's always really weird now to be introducing someone because I'm always the one who gets to be introduced. So with with us on this episode is uh, is my good friend Ben who. Um, I met way back when, when we were running for 99 yards and then he, I basically just hung on his coattails ever since. So, um, since then he got me my gig with Roto Baller, which I'm very thankful for. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of been chatting out outside of, outside of that kind of framework. And now we're kind of joining, joining team. So Ben, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. In case you weren't aware, me and Ben have linked up to kind of try and make the Scotty Fishbowl UK version. We're linking up to try and make the largest league outside of the outside of the US, uh, certainly in the UK. The idea being that we you know we like liked what Scotty the Scotty Fishbowl represented and we want kind of wanted to make put our own spin on it. I I personally had a had a bit of a motive. So my brother was diagnosed with leukemia two years ago, and Cancer Research UK funded him um, to go on a trial. And his prognosis is looking fantastic now. So I've always wanted to give back to that charity, and Ben was more than happy to kind of like take take that forward with me. I don't know. Do you want to say anything more about the project, Ben? Yeah, so it's always been kind of something that we we kind of batted back and forth different ideas. Richard told me about this salary cap league. Every time he mentioned it, I got super excited that he meant a league where you drafted a load of players and then you gave them all salaries and managed it that way like a like a proper GM. And what he meant is the uh, 
the sort of telegraph fantasy football style that everybody grew up with as kids. And uh, then we just sort of undenied about it. And then I, I kind of, I kind of started chatting to him about this idea, which is to have lots of, um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Scott Fish Bar, I should just probably explain because there are a lot of people who probably aren't. Um, I wasn't until I joined it. There's lots of mini 12-team leagues that make up then bigger divisions and then go on to have an overall prize. So they kind of do a massive playoff structure where everybody plays everybody's top score at that point. It's it's standard fantasy for your first 12 or 13 weeks. And then from then on in, it's it's kind of a higher score advanced type type setup. So it's a lot of fun. It's, it, get, it really gets a bit of buzz on... Twitter sometimes during the games and then a lot of times on sort of Monday, Tuesday morning when the results are coming out. And that's kind of what we want to promote because we, we see a lot of a lot of isolated chat on sort of NFL UK fantasy and Twitter, but we don't see a big coming together of lots of people chatting, trash talking, just having fun over Twitter, six o'clock to nine o'clock and beyond on a Sunday night when everybody sat down put the kids to bed and watching fantasy, uh, watching football and playing fantasy. And that would be great to get that kind of community going. And uh, we hope this will just keep building. We think it's going to be a lot of fun and we're really looking forward to it. In terms of signups as well, like we've been kind of blown away by the support so far. I mean, privately, me and Ben actually thought we'd probably get about 100 people. Um, but it seems like there's a real appetite for this. So we're actually, we just top 200 if I'm just looking now. we Yeah, we top 200 uh, earlier today. So. That's incredible. It's amazing how quickly that's jumped up as well. Where is there any way that people can get involved, Rich? Yeah, so um, at mo- well, we've got a Twitter account which is uh, where we've kind of got the Google form. Uh, so the Twitter the Twitter handle is UK Fantasy League, all one word. Or you can find uh, myself or Ben on Twitter. I'm Rich King FF, and Ben is Ben Rolf fifteen, and we can point you in the right direction to get your details. Awesome. Right, Rush Nation, this is a call to arms. Go join the league, find them on Twitter, everybody jump in and let's raise some serious cash for this cause. 100%. Right, mock draft time. It's a uh, 12 team, 15 round, one QB, two running back, three, three, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, seven bunch bench spots and uh, no kicker, which Rich is pretty pleased about, although kickers do matter in fantasy, but we won't jump into that. We uh, We've taken the fifth pick because we didn't want one of the easy ones where we knew we were going to get a stud running back. It's interesting to see who went second. Um, shall I run off the who's gone so far? Definitely. Okay, so at one, Barkley went at one standard pretty much everywhere, I imagine. Christian McCaffrey then went at two. Zeke went three. Alvin Kamara went at four. And we are on the clock at five. I can't see who's available. Somebody tell me who's there. Everyone bar those four. So, um, <laughs> I mean... I think I think this is this is the spot where it gets to that point where it's oh dumb, am I going to go wide wide receiver? Or am I going to go running back? If it's me personally, I'm probably starting to think that I might go wide receiver because there's still DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Julio on the board. I think that top tier of running backs is gone, um, but I don't think we're far enough. That means that we won't get a decent RB one. But that's my personal take. Uh, what do you guys think? I can see that. What about making a case here for Gurley? I know that there's concerns over the injury, but we could always draft the handcuff. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not advocating that. I'm just putting it out there for people who might be thinking at this stage: is he is he worth a punt or or not? For me, no. For me, it's too risky at this stage with the news this week about his knees and about the concern that the Rams have over them. 
I quite like David Johnson here. I, I kind of like to look a round or two in advance at this stage. And if you look at the back end of sort of round two, I know that's sort of getting ahead of ourselves, but you're talking about the likes of Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Evans still being available. I don't see them as a massive downgrade on your um, Hopkins, your uh, Adams kind of guys at this stage, whereas I see Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook as potential big trade-offs against the kind of likes of David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon. I'd actually advocate for David Johnson. I'm going to be one of those really annoying people who quotes something off Twitter that I've read and can't remember where I've read it. But I saw something about David Johnson being ran up the middle last year more than anybody and still having remarkable success despite it. So if they actually start using him like a proper in-space running back, the way that you know somebody who's good at doing this would do it, then... I actually think he could have a real bounce back. And it wasn't that long ago we were debating whether he was sort of the best running back in fantasy. Well, yeah, I mean, two years ago, he was the he was the 101 and then went down. I, I think he possibly gets used a lot more as a receiver as well in the air raid. If they line up five wide, then he was well, to say he's not one of those five in certain occasions. Oh, I'm all aboard the DJ train if you guys fancy it. I just can't help but think it's a bit high. That's my only concern. Is that, I mean, there is a chance he comes back to us at 2-8. He's he's going fifth overall on on ADP at a couple of sites. I'm just trying to pull it up. FFC, uh, Fantasy Football Calculator, have him right up there. It's more so in standard than in PPR, but they have him at sixth overall in, in PPR and half PPR. I actually think it, it's not overpaying for him. I think in these first two rounds, as long as you get someone you're com- comfortable with, you're not necessarily overpaying for anybody, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, I like the player. I'd be happy to take him here. I, I do think it could be high end, but I do think, as you say, looking back, we I think we could get a Juju or uh, an Elite. I still think we get an, a wide receiver one. You never know, you might get another running back that slips. That'd be good value. So and, I'm, I'm happy to push the button there. Yeah, and if it is high and we're overpaying, let's see what happens if we do overpay for our first running back. Yeah, and this is probably a good spot to say this is the whole reason why you do mock drafts before your actual draft because we can see in selecting david johnson here which i'm just about to click we can see who's going to fall to us you know do we like our team at the end of it if we don't then we can you know that's when you could do another mock draft and make a different decision instead of david johnson you go through the wide receiver and you know go through the whole the whole um draft and see how your team looks at the end yeah after david johnson Hopkins went straight away at six. Then Melvin Gordon, seven. Bell at eight. Devontae Adams and Julio went at nine and ten, respectively. Then James Connor and Joe Mixon went uh, at the 111, 112. And then on the turn, Gurley. So whoever is drafting at the end went Mixon, Gurley. And if Gurley is fit, that's a pretty formidable running back pairing. Earth's looking I'm, I'm more puzzled at who went at 2-7. Damien Willow. Oh. Yeah. That is high. That is high. But, that is pretty high. Uh, we'll get there in a minute, chaps. Don't jump ahead. That's Sorry. Ahead. That's why I was shocked. You asked. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Gurley went to one, like I said. Dalvin Cook then at two, two. Beckham went at two, three. Juju at two, four. Thomas at two, five. And then Travis Kelsey went at two, six, which is crazy early. And then even maybe, thing is with Damien Williams, he has the possibility to be a top five running back. So if you, this the guy who took him took Nuke. So it's not a terrible pick. I don't hate it. I mean, it is very early, but I don't hate it. And then we're back on the clock. Yeah, who's available then? So the guys that are standing out to me at the moment is, you know, so we've gone, we've got our RB1. And at this point, I'm kind of thinking, I, I might have considered Travis Kelsey here because I think that I'm sure we'll get into it more and more. But, you know, he, he to me is, he's a tight end by name, but really he's a wide receiver in, in terms of usage. He, 
so I think for me, I'd probably be looking at wide receivers here. So uh, I'm looking at this. So there's Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen, A.J. Green. For me, the selection that I, I would personally go for is Mike Evans. I think that the Tampa Bay offense is going to be a lot better than it was. And by that, I mean, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be led by Bruce Arians and they're going to have more stability at quarterback, I think. And I just think generally it's going to be a lot better run. Um, I think Mike Evans has a lot of touchdown upside and he is the de facto one on this team. Uh, you could That's the same for Antonio Brown, but I'm not sure as much on the Raiders offense. And Adam Thielen, you could you could argue that he's the one or the two on his team, and that's that's kind of a that's kind of why I would probably go Evans here. Who's the top rated running back on the board, just out of curiosity? Uh Nick Chubb according to ADP. And after him? Marlon Mack. See, I, I quite like Evans. I think Evans is a good shout. I think Deshaun Jackson's gone, and that was a big attention kind of guy, someone that always they always had to look at because he would throw a strop if they didn't I mean they haven't brought anyone in to really replace him the talk is that Rashad Perriman is getting is getting the the sort of link with Jameis going and I can't see Rashad Perriman causing too many upsets to Mike Evans targets I, I like Evans I think he is to me less of a lottery than what I fear we could see week to week out of Antonio Brown um you mentioned Nick Chubb. I like it, but there's a running back that will be there in round three and Aaron Jones, who is quite tempting to me. I, I love Mike Evans here. I just think his his numbers are phenomenal. He, he's nailed on to be, barring injury, he's nailed on to be a wide receiver one this year. Absolutely nailed on. So I think you're not going to get better value in this pick personally. Rich, pull the trigger. That's done. Um, just quickly... I know Patrick Homer Holmes is still on the board and there'll be a lot of people that say, you know, well, he's a consideration for me personally. And just, let's just have this quick because I think quarterback will wait, will wait for Patrick Mahomes. If I knew he was going to have the same season, then I'd maybe consider him in the second, but I don't know if he's going to have the same season. Cause if I'm drafting him in the second round, I need him to get 40 odd touchdowns. And that is, that's going to be a difficult feat. I think this season. So there'll be people who ask, Oh, what would you consider him? I personally wouldn't, and he'll be in none of my teams as a result. Yeah, same, same. Uh, on, on that point, Rich, I think only 13 times as a quarterback ever got 40 touchdowns or more in the NFL history. So to do it again is going to be quite an ask. Yeah. yeah, and the other thing with quarterbacks are is week to week, they're all quite bunched. So Mahomes does stand out, but does he stand out more in this round compared to what you'll get in ten, five, ten rounds time when you te- pull the trigger on a Matt Ryan or someone like that compared to what you'd get now if you walked away from a running back or a wide receiver and you swap those picks. That's the way I always look at it. And I can never evidence taking a quarterback now just because, yes, Mahomes is good, but he's not so much better than everybody else that he makes up that gulf between what you can get now running back-wise versus what you could have got in five rounds time. Completely agree. So after Mike Evans, Nick Chubb went, then Adam Thielen, then Antonio Brown, and then Patrick Mahomes did go at the turn at 2.12, followed up by Marlon Mack, Devonta Freeman, T.Y. Hilton, and then Leonard Fournette at 3.4. We almost got noodle legs, Murph. Almost. No, we were not <laughs> I'll never, ever draft that guy, ever, in a million years. Unless he gets to the fifth and you find him value. You know who is now on the board available is someone who I swear... I would never take, but he is on the board and he's therefore worth consideration. And that's Dalvin Cook. 
No, he's not. He went at 2 2. Oh, did he? I can't see that. <laughs> he went at 2 2, yeah. He went a long time ago. Yeah, see, that's far too high. In the third round, I'd like to select Todd Gurley. <laughs> yeah, why not? Well, we could we could talk about Travis Kelsey here. Uh, no, I'm joking. So, what are we thinking I here? Can't... Running back or wide receiver, guys? What about tight end? Zach Ertz or George Kittle screaming me in the face right now. Uh, I don't want Ertz. I don't want Ertz. Um, definitely, I just think I'm worried about Dallas Goddard. I'm worried about Carson Wentz. Yeah, and the fact that they've added so many more options outside. I'm just not convinced that his numbers are going to remain this year. So I'm worried about Dallas Goddard's uh, red zone production as well. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, again, Kittle, I just have concerns. He didn't do it with the number one the number one quarterback in that team. And I just worry that the connection between him and Garoppolo might not be as good as what he had sort of down the stretch with the other guys. So I can see it. I I, I would like to, if we're going to think running back, I'd like to bang the drum for Aaron Jones. I think he will be utilized better this year. I know Matt LaFleur didn't exactly utilize his running backs cleverly most of last year, but I think Aaron Jones is streets ahead of anything else in Green Bay and could return absolute value as the running back 13 in the rankings and whatever he is on our board, I really would think he can give value at this stage. Yeah, I'm on board. <sighs> yeah, I, I get, I get that point. I do, I do, but I, I just worry after last year and I know, listen, I know Mike McCarthy's not the, the offensive genius that everyone seemed to, to claim he was. I, I just worry that he is not going to produce the numbers that have, Always sort of threatened to be there for him. I mean, he didn't really own it last year at all for me. And I do think they run with a committee. I do think that they've got Williams there and they've just bought Dexter Dexter Williams in there as well. I, that's what my worry is, that there's a regression there. I'm going to make a case for Aaron Jones as well. Aaron Jones played in 12 games and from what I can see, got around about a 55% share of, of that, of the rushing, of the rushes in that backfield. And I think that number's only going to increase because I think when you look at Jamal Williams, he really struggled to actually get anything moving. If you look at the the yards per rush, Jamal Williams was 3.8 uh, last season, 3.6 the season before. Aaron Jones has been around about five and a half yards. And this offense, you know, to, to improve, it doesn't actually need to improve all that much. It just needs to have Mike McCarthy not in town. I mean, it, I, think, I think Aaron Jones... If if I'm looking for a running back, I want to, I want it to be on a team that's going to be effective and high scoring because that's going to give me the most amount of time that I'm going to be able to have game clock winding down uh, production. I'm also going to have more goal line production. So I I really think that Aaron Jones is in consideration here, particularly because of the format that we've got uh, in. I think this is half PPR. I think I think that's that's who. That's who I'd be leaning towards as well. I'm willing to be outvoted here. I would have made the case for uh, for Kerryon Johnson. I just think he showed he showed enough in his rookie year for me that he's going to produce even more. There's absolutely no competition there in that backfield. Um, Legarrette Blount was there last year, and uh, you know his buddy uh, Matt Patricia was sort of giving him t- you know giving him carries and making him feel worthwhile because they're good buddies and they go all the way back and now that he's not there I just think there's absolutely no competition there for him I think he's going to you know the only probable concern for him is is injuries but happy to be outvoted but that that's who I would advocate here I think he'd be a 
a solid pick. I'm happy to go with Jones because I don't own him anywhere. So okay, okay. Well, let's go Jones and see who ends up falling to us. I mean, Karen Johnson might might no way might fall to us. He might he might do. I've, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't fall out of my chair. Well, hold. Oh, that was close. Oh, <laughs> four six. He went. We we're four eight. So he went four six. So I was nearly there. So we had the three five. We took Aaron Jones. Then Zach Ertz went. AJ Green followed at three seven. Sony Michelle at three eight. Then Kittle at three nine. Stefan Diggs at three ten. Amari Cooper at three eleven. And on the turn, the guy with two running backs then went wide receiver, running back. He took Keenan Allen and then Josh Jacobs. So did the guy at eleven. Funnily enough, he took two running backs. Then he took Cooper and he took Derek Henry at four two. Then Philip Lindsay at four three. Let's hope his wrist is okay. Well, that is a waste. Chris Carson went at 4-4. Andrew Luck went at 4-5, which is crazy early for a quarterback in a one-quarterback league. Our boy Kerryon Johnson didn't quite drop, got to 4-6, but that was it. Then Mark Ingram went at 4-7, and we are back on the clock, boys. What are we thinking here? Wide receiver? It balanced the team out? Considering... I'm just looking. Oh, no, never mind. I'd, I'd advocate here for Darius, guys. Wow. Wow. Okay. That wasn't who I was expecting at all. I wasn't who I was expecting. I'd like to hear your reasoning as to why you think that uh, Darius Geis. So, so that Darius Geis in, in college had absolutely unreal production. You know, we're talking about elite production in a good conference, showed great ability. Yes, okay, he was injured last year. He seems to be reasonably well. I don't think Adrian Peterson is is really that much competition for targets, especially in the red zone. You look at who they've got under centre this year, it's probably going to be Haskins. I'm not convinced that Haskins is going to get a free reign, a free reign of how he, you know, is going to play. You know, I cannot see them punching in 35, 40 touchdowns through the air. I just don't see it. I think most of their production, as it always has been under a Jay Gruden offence, is going to come on the ground. And I just think Darius Geis is the guy to, to, to spearhead and do that. Because I think other than that, you're looking at, I'm looking at what you can get on return here. The, the, for me, after sort of you got Geis, the next running back you consider, would, you're in you're in the conversation for Cohen, which is not really that fascinated in Penny, Miles Sanders if he gets back. Then you're talking about the San Francisco quartet and who would be the right person in there, or you're looking at Drake. And I think the drop off between what Geis is and the next opportunity a running back is far too great whereas I think okay you you pass up on a Brandon Cooks here but I still think you get Robert Woods or or Cooper Cup on the return I think there's plenty good options Golladay might come back on the return you know Chris Godwin will be back on the return I just think there's far better options at wide receiver at 5-8 at 5-5 than there is at running back that is a, actually a fantastic case you've, you've at that point about what you can get wide receiver coming back round is as convincing as any of that that you were saying about Geis' talent. What is interesting, and it's something I bang the drum a lot with in, in my baseball podcast that I do, and you can use the same lesson here, is know your ADP of your site. Because I'm looking at three ADPs here, Yahoo, Fantrax, and Fantasy Football Calculator. Yahoo, Geis is 107. Fantasy Football Calculator, 54. Fantrax, 36. So if you know where you, which site you're on, you've got a good guide where he's going to go. And actually, based on where we are, we are not far from two of those sites where Geist would normally be taken. I, I didn't think you were going to be able to talk me around, but I think you might have just done it. Sleeper, his ADP is 39. Yeah, I, th- I actually think we've got two really solid running backs so far. 
I think the upside of Geist could be worth could be worth the gamble. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate then here. So the reason why I'm not sold on Darius Geist is because what they say, you know, te- teams can lie about health, but they can't lie about their choices. And the choices that Washington made in the offseason were to extend Adrian Peterson for another two years and also draft another running back, which would, to me, insinuate that they're not 100% sure that Geist is actually going to be fit for the whole season uh, and might even miss the start of the season. I understand that, um, I understand that, you know, guys had certainly has a big opportunity here in terms of the wide receivers that could fall back to us. Yeah. I, I'd agree that there are probably wide receivers that would fall back to us. I just think I'm, I, I personally think if I was looking at running back is my, you might guys might just shout me down here, but I'm kind of thinking maybe David Montgomery just because the bears, they, they know what they want to do. You know, you, you've seen what they've done. Um, what that playbook has done in uh, Kansas City and this and Philadelphia, and it's the same playbook. And they want running backs who can catch the ball. Um, Chicago might have signed Mike Davis in the off season, but the fact that they moved up and lost more of their picks, they didn't have that many of this season to acquire David M- Montgomery. Would make me think that they certainly have a plan for him, and he, yeah, for me, he's probably a safer pick than Darius Geis because of the injury. That's not a bad shout either. Um, I'm just going to chuck it out here and leave my morals at the door, but are, are we going to even consider Tyreek Hill? I think we'd get him next round if you were that desperate to gamble on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. At this stage, I probably wouldn't. It, morals at the door regardless, I probably wouldn't touch Tyreek Hill um, because I'm not sure if he plays. And if I, if I lose my fourth round pick, yeah, yeah, I could win my draft here, but I could equally, I, I think, lose it. If I lose my fourth round pick here, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stuck behind Nabal. I would gamble, but I'd, I wouldn't gamble to the sixth round. If he's still there in two picks' time, I'd, okay. I'd gamble and go, yeah, that that's something that's worth investing in because your upside over what you lose is 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 good there. Whereas I'm, you know, based on last year, he had great numbers, but if we're going to pass on, say, Brandon Cooks here, I don't think there's enough of a drop off from Cooks to. To, to Hill, there's not enough upside for me to to take the risk. I think the, the, I'd always take the floor in the fourth round. I I also yeah. want to point out that the teams coming up all have loads of running backs, and only one team has two wide receivers. Uh, the chance of guys going before it comes back to us, there is a slim chance that he might squeak back. But we've seen here, if you look at the pattern of the draft, you've already had two teams go three running backs no no I, I completely agree I, and I, just... I think he's the next running back ADP wise off the board so you only need one team because I don't see anyone else in that range that is going to go um, you might see the I don't see anyone else in that range that's as likely to go than him yeah but I mean if, if we think Montgomery is a is a close to then is it worth the risk to do it I, I see what you're saying there's it's not just Four teams. There's eight picks here, and it only takes one of those teams to decide to use one of their picks for guys to go. But also, Cooks and Golladay are very good, and we do run the risk of of losing potentially. There could there could be eight receivers go off the board in the next eight picks. Are we confident that the ninth receiver that would come back to us is someone we'd be happy with? Considering it's three wide receivers as well. If this was mine, I would have already punched the ticket on one of the Rams wide receivers and equaled my team out. But All right, go, go with Cooks and hope that Geis comes back. But I think if he does, then I think we punch the ticket for him. Yeah. Okay, okay sold. Agreed. Oh, look at that. Front door. Look at that. And that's, that's why you do mocks. <laughs> yeah. And, and part of it is as well is, uh, 
it sounds really stupid, but you, I and I and I always play with people. I put my draft picture. So in this, Rich, being a Green Bay fan, has put his draft picture as a Green Bay Packers fan. If I'd have looked at that, and then Kenyon Drake there is obviously a bit of a reach. That's probably a Miami Dolphins fan making that pick, who's in love with Kenyon Drake. It's always worth knowing the pictures above the names, just paying half attention to them because. You see an unbelievable amount of times people reach for players off the teams they support. And it's always a handy little way of just, just getting an inkling into what they might be thinking. Yeah, completely agree. Well, I'll run through who went. So we took Cooks at 4-8, then at 4-9, Rogers, 4-10, Kenyon Drake, like Ben just mentioned. Then Julian Edelman went at 4-11. And then a Rams pairing, <laughs> this guy's taking two Rams as his two wide receivers, which doesn't work on bye week. But he went Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Then Kenny Golladay came along, uh, was at 5-2. Mike Williams at 5-3. Chris Godwin at 5-4. And then at 5-5, Darius Geis. <laughs> I didn't give anyone an option. Sammy Watt went at 5-6. Jarvis Landry at 5-7. Tariq Cohen at 5-8. Then Calvin Ridley at 5-9. Baker Mayfield went at 5-10. David Montgomery at 5-11. Eric Ebron at 5-12. And then Deshaun Watson on the turn at 6-1. Tyreek Hill went at 6-2. Uh, somebody obviously thinks there's value in that as their second wide receiver. And if he plays, it's an absolute steal. I, I get the value pick at... at- in the sixth round it's worth at that point you're then considering considering that the fact that the league have said that they would not you know they're not going to do anything until it's ruled otherwise and there's insufficient evidence at this stage i would definitely think that's it's the smart play yeah and the only person who has gone after him in tyler lockett alshon jeffrey tyler board and will fuller that i would take receiver wise over him is tyler lockett just because i think he is one of the most consistent wide receivers out there at the moment I mean he can't be as good as he was last year because you can't just produce absolute magic on every target unless your name's DeAndre Hopkins but at this stage there's not that many options that are that are even better than than half a season of Hill if that makes sense because Hill could win you half of those weeks that he plays so I think it's the great value for him yeah I think it's the right round for him six six seven I think is where you have that conversation. I think beforehand it was it was too early, too much of a risk um, if he doesn't play. I think in the sixth round with what you've got around, as you say, it's worth worth a punt. I wouldn't advocate going for a tight end this high, but I'm looking at the four off the board and thinking that this could be a stage that you could get OJ Howard um, because I think after him, the teardrop is quite significant. So I think that's one move or the next stage would be to look at wide receivers still around. I'm not a big fan of Sutton, Cortland Sutton is a worry for me. Alan Robinson's still there. Um, Corey Davis is still there. I know he hasn't produced and he's in terrible offense. I, but I wouldn't want anyone in that Tennessee offense at all. Absolutely not. Deont- you know, Pettis is still there, but it's probably a bit high for him. Christian Kirk's still there. What, what are you guys thinking? So in terms of tight ends, I actually, I, I don't think the right pick now is, but not to not to pump my own stuff too much here, but I've got an article coming out later this week on FF Statistics where I've looked deep into the kind of comparison between David Njoku and Jared Cook. And without giving the game away too much, done all these comparisons with Jimmy Graham and how he did, how Benjamin Watson did that first year after Jimmy Graham had left. It's, it's a different offense for sure. There's Michael Thomas, who's garnering a lot of the targets. Alvin Kamara is a big part of the passing game, but the Saints spread the ball around a lot. Jared Cook is extremely talented pass catcher. He made the most of his opportunities last year in Oakland and if they're going to put him out there to catch as a tight end there's not a lot of competition in that offense in terms of tight ends they've not got anybody worth worth shouting home about 
I don't think it's the right pick this round, but I think it's a reason not to go for any of the young tight ends this round because we could pick Jared Cook up potentially next round. It's a push. He could go on this swing, but I'd be willing to wait and grab him next round and therefore maybe consider taking the jump on another running back or a wide receiver here. I think we've got a wide receiver considering we have to start three. Yeah, I'm not anti I I just threw the case out there for OJ Howard because I see him going in the next mm. uh, eight, eight picks. But if we're not going to go him, which is fine, I'm, I, you know, I'm not a big, I'm always a tight end late guy anyway. But I just thought I'd put that conversation piece in there. So um, I think wide receiver. I think we look at, um, yeah, I think we look at some of the players I mentioned already. You know, look at. I, I'm not a big Watkins fan i just don't I, he's, there's no consistency there alan robinson's there as the one in chicago and i think he's going to get touches um or there's you know christian kirk or um christian Pettis. kirk could easily be the one in arizona this season yeah i think the only thing with christian kirk is i'll probably rule him out just because just primarily because we went for uh david johnson first round and i don't really want to tie myself to the cardinals no just yet fair I think he gets back to, I, I think is the ADP here. I think he, he survives enough around. I'm looking at ADP risks. It's Robinson, Sutton. For me, the, cho- the choice here, if I was going wide receiver, is probably between Alan Robinson or DJ Moore. I think I'd probably lean Alan Robinson just because I think he is absolutely de facto the number one on that team. Whereas DJ Moore, yeah, he might be the first wide receiver, but he's probably not the first receiver. And I think that Christian McCaffrey is going to be like heavily involved as well. So I'm probably going to go Alan Robinson here, and I, I think I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Same. I'm also worried about Cam Newton's health. I'm worried about that shoulder and if yeah. it holds up. Yeah, Robbie Anderson is another one, just because he's obviously had a year now with Sam Darnold. I think he's extremely talented. I'm probably missing the fact he's already gone at some point, but I, I don't think he has. He hasn't, but I think he comes back. I think his ADP is much lower. The other guy, if we hadn't already gone through running backs, but I just want to throw him out here again, again, my own stuff, but I am... Um, I, I wrote about Lamar Miller this week, and I think he's criminally underrated where he is. I don't see Deontay Foreman taking many of his carries away. I think he will take some of them away, but I see him being the Alfred Blue to the Lamar Miller. They didn't really commit to anybody else this offseason. I think Lamar Miller is running back 29-30, wherever he is right now, is is absolute value. And it's a kind of guy that I'd be targeting here if we hadn't already gone for Geis and jones and as our running back two three we can only start three so i think it's a complete waste of a pick here but he would be the guy if i was in this situation now without without the running backs i think he's another one that could potentially come back in the next round i I know robinson's going in the next in the next yeah let's jump robinson i like that so robinson we took robinson at six eight then dj moore went the pick after oj howard followed at six ten james white six eleven then evan ingram finished the sixth round and then Lamar Miller started the seventh round. Jared Cook, Ben, both your boys have gone before we could pick either. Jared Cook went at 7-2. Drew Brees went at a crazy early 7-3. Hunter Henry went at 7-4. And we are back on the clock. All the people we just mentioned, including Robbie Anderson and Christian Kirk. Well, I, I, we can't take tight end now. There's just no value in that. So I think we have to go receiver here again. I like, I like Robbie Anderson here. I think that's a, I think that's a decent shout. Um, it's, him, it's him, Pettis or Kirk. I don't see any value in anybody else at this stage. I'm happy with Robbie Anderson. Ben made a good case for it, so I think we punch his ticket. Rich, unless you've got any diehard views against this. No, let's, uh, let's go for Anderson, I think. Let's uh, keep it moving. 
<laughs> so Robbie Anderson joins our squad at 7-5. Then Matty Ice Ryan at 7-6. Dante Pettis made it all the way to 7-7. Jordan Howard at 7-8. Then Russell Wilson at 7-9. Vance McDonald at 7-10. Miles Sanders at 7-11. And then the wide receiver pairing at 7-12-8-1 was DK Metcalf and Emmanuel Sanders. Rashad Penny went at 8-2. Latavius Murray at 8-3. Kareem Hunt went at eight four. That the Kareem Hunt is the uh, team. What team is that? Uh, nine. He's their second running back, so he's going to need another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Kareem Hunt went at eight four. Then David Njoku at eight five. Carson Wentz at eight six. Royce Freeman, who wouldn't have been a bad shout for us at eight eight, went at eight seven. Shockingly close to us. And team, we're back on the clock. What are we thinking here? A lot of the guys I want, they just went. That's, that's another reason why you do mocks, because then you have to pick players that you might necessarily not take. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw two names out here. Okay. That are controversial and they're going to get shot down, but I can't help it. Fire the cannons. Ronald Jones. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> the lights was going to be a buck. And Daryl Henderson. I'm going to throw a third name in, and I'm going to make an argument for him. Carlos Hyde. What? I'm I'm throwing in Carlos Hyde because uh, the reason the reason being we're we're you're looking at Damian Williams. If if I was asking you this question last year, Damian Williams or Carlos Hyde, who would you say just based on talent? Carlos yeah. Hyde, but we've also seen Carlos Hyde look really terrible. He's done we, nothing. So look, He's done nothing we, relevant for four years in fantasy. I've actually <laughs> so I, I actually looked at this for FF statistics as well. So this I think this will be coming out later this week as well. So. I I, I, look, I looked at the situation and Carlos Hyde actually started out in Cleveland really, really well. Struggled when um, they moved the offense towards Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb. And then he got traded mid-season to the Jaguars when he struggled again. If you look at two, you know, last season for both players, Damien Williams and Carlos Hyde, both, both um, players had 2018 as an outlier. Damien Williams has not been that effective throughout his entire career other than in... The, towards the end of the last season, but we're ready to anoint him as a second or third round pick. Carlos Hyde's done it for years and years and years, and he, he's been buried in in the eighth round. I think at this moment, if we're talking, you know, we're talking Ronald Jones, who might be the starter in Tampa Bay, Daryl Henderson, who's a handcuff in um, LA, or Carlos Hyde, who's a handcuff in Kansas City. I think Daryl Henderson will only be a running back if Todd Gurley is, isn't fit. Carlos Hyde could be a running back if Williams is fit. So I think that his path to success is shorter than Henderson's. Jones, I could, you know, I, I could make that argument because he, you know, as, you, as I said, he is the starting running back, I think, in Tampa. He is the starting running back. I mean, Peyton Barber will get touches, but Ronald Jones is going to get the goal lines. Ronald Jones is going to get the... I mean, he's not a three-down back, and he won't be a three-down back, but, you know, that will keep him fresh. He will have more effective bursts. I think we'll see a lot more out of him this year. Um, Don't forget, I mean, people sleep on Ronald Jones, but he was tackled behind the line of scrimmage, like, on 75% of his rushes last year. So it's not exactly his fault that he didn't produce. I'd like to make the case for Josh Jacobs. I don't think he's gone. I'm just scanning the draft board. Yeah, he went 4-1. Oh, what? That's way early. That's no wonder I wasn't ever looking that high. Um, oh, that's really annoying. But it validates, well, yeah. where, I, it validates where it was, but it's way higher than I thought he was going to go. No, he's been ADPing in late three, four rounds. So oh. um, I would have gone with that. I would have like, yeah, slap, slap the door on him. But yeah, I, I, I think for me, 
Jones is the one with the most upside here. I think Carlos Hyde, you know what you're going to get with him. Daryl Henderson is a gamble in the sense of you're hoping that Gurley's not fit. Not that you'd ever hope a player isn't fit, but um, if he's not fit, it might turn out. But then you've also still got Malcolm Brown there, who they signed a tender to. So I just think for me, Jones is the one that's um, going to produce and the one that's going to do the damage, personally. I don't think Damian Williams is that great, and I'm kind of with Rich on Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Okay, let's take Carlos Hyde. Let's yeah, Hyde. let's take Carlos Hyde. That that this I, I actually think Ronald Jones might even fall to us in the ninth. He might do. I um. I can't believe we own a team with Carlos Hyde in it. Oh, I can. It's perfect. And look, Ronald Jones is still on the board for us at nine. Well, there you go. Punches ticket. Carlos Hyde went at eight eight, and Keel Harry went at eight nine. Sterling Shepard at eight ten. Jared Goff at eight eleven. Christian Kirk and Corey Davis were on the turn at eight twelve and nine one. Then Jarek McKinnon at nine two. Darrell Henderson at nine three. Larry Fitz at nine four. We're back on the clock. And should we take Rojo? I think so. I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't take him here. I think a lot of the wide receiver options. I think they'll probably fall back to us. Yeah, the only the only one I think might not is Marvin Jones. Or Kiki Kuti, which I think his ADP is too high here, Kuti. I think he definitely comes back. Yeah, I'd, I'd like Kuti if he came back. I, I think Ronald Jones worth a punt because Bruce Arians, we've seen what he can do with these offences when he gets things rolling. I, I think it's worth a punt. Definitely. So we took Ronald Jones at 9-5. Then a couple of quarterbacks came off. Rivers at 6, Newton at 7. Then Golden Tate, Geronimo, Allison at 9 Doug Baldwin at 9-10, Marvin Jones at 9-11, Shady McCoy at 9-12, Cortland Sutton started the 10th, Kyler Murray went at 10-2, Jalen Samuels went at 10-3, Austin Eckler at 10-4, Miko Hardman made it to 10-5, I thought he might slide to us, Peyton Barber at 10-6, Devin Funchess at 10-7, and we're back on the clock squad. Are we thinking receiver here or are we going to get tight end before it gets real nasty? Nah, I, I can't look past Julian Edelman here. Julian Edelman's gone, bro. He went at 4-11. Oh, what? We're, we're doing rubbish at this. Um, <laughs> Julian Edelman in the fourth round? A Patriots fan, I told you. They always, the people always rate it. Um, so, just looking at it, and I know it doesn't mean a lot because we've already got two teams that have taken two, two quarterbacks, but we are the only team now without a quarterback and we are one of only two teams without a tight end. I kind of don't think you reach for them at this stage. I know people can fill up their bench, but... If we can find a wide receiver or a running back that we like, probably more a wide receiver at this stage. To me, that feels like the better value pick at this stage. 100%. At, at the risk of being told he went 10 rounds ago, has D.D. Westbrook gone? No, he's still there. Oh, that's the pick. I'm all aboard. Yeah. Unless, wait, is Kiki Kuti still there? Yeah, he is, yeah. So that's the debate between the two of them. I think D.D.'s got... More chance of being the one, obviously. I think he is the one. I think he's the de facto one. Well, if he's the de facto one and we're in the 10th round, why are we not just auto-selecting him? Yeah, we I'm, need a I'm, wide I'm sold on D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook has the better of the two quarterbacks too, Duck. <laughs> Rich obviously agrees because D.D. Westbrook is in the book. Jameis Winston. Quarterbacks are flying off. We're going to be left with absolutely no one. Jameis Winston, Brady, Big Ben have all gone. Ito Smith finished off the 10th at 10-12. Then Adrian Peterson started the 11th. James Washington was the 11-2. Donta Foreman at 11-3. Djax at 11-4. We're back on the clock. And just looking at the quarterbacks still available, I suppose there's a few good ones still left. I don't mind. I'm just letting them go now and seeing what we end up with, boys. How do you feel? Yeah, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo still on the board that I can see. I like both of those. 
I think Mitch Trubisky's still there. I don't I don't hate Trubisky. There, there's still some good options there. And yeah, Cousins is there. Derek Carr's still there. Yeah. Is Dak Prescott? Drew Brees still there? Yeah. Drew Brees. Oh, no. Drew Brees is gone. He went to seven. Yeah. There's, there's still some interesting ones. I, I think I'd be tempted for the upside to take Kiki Kuti. Yeah, I could subscribe to that. Let's buy into that. Okay. I, I, I won't make my next point. Carry on, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kiki Kuti is the pick here. I mean, at this point, I, I, I don't know what you're going to say, but I think... I'd rather go for Kiki QT than you know a tight end or a quarterback or you know the running backs were a bit messy at this stage as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, well, we could consider Paris Campbell here. He's definitely the two now. I think I think he's going to be the two in Indy, and that offense is going to be pretty good. But I just I wouldn't want to ever keep. No, 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 that's fine. I was just going to make the casing point. So we took Kiki QT at eleven five. Then Heems High went. At eleven six, Rob Gronkowski went at eleven seven. He's also the guy's second tight end, so he's just making sure he gets both studs after taking Kelsey at two six. Then Cousins and Garoppolo went at eleven eight, eleven nine. Then the tight end train continued. Eleven ten was Hawkinson. Eleven eleven Burton, and eleven twelve was Delaney Walker. Josh Allen then started the twelfth. Tyrell Williams at twelve two. Jhi at twelve three. Devin Singletary at twelve four. Paris Campbell at twelve five. Matt Breda at twelve six. Anthony Miller at twelve seven. We're back on the clock, and I need to take a breath. <gasps> no fan. It's a slam dunk pick here. What? No fan. I, I, I would. I, I just think Chris Herndon. He's had a year already in that offense. Uh, uh, it's tight. They were the two names I was looking at. Yeah. So I'd, I'd probably. I'm I'm going to probably go Fant here. I think over Herndon because, because yeah, Herndon's coming second year, but you know, Le'Veon Bell's just walked into town, and that they are going to have to give him targets. Robbie Anson's going to demand targets. Quincy Ninwar, Jameson Crowder's going to be involved in some way. So I just think the pie just gets quite small for Christopher Herndon. Whereas we know in Denver that you know Joe Flacco's under center and he loves his tight end. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has an Achilles injury. Is he going to be the same player? Cortland Sutton, you know, it's question, you know, can he be a lead wide receiver? And there's question marks over Philip Lindsay. I think a Nerf fan probably has a bigger percentage of the pie in Denver. I think the fact that Joe Flacco favors his, his tight end to me, I would lean that way. But Joe Flacco's tight ends have been rubbish for years. I mean, I understand why you're siding with the guys that gave you a job, Rich. I fully get that. That's uh, that's uh, absolutely okay with me. Um, I, I see your point about Herndon. I just worry with Fant that Joe Flacco's been stuck with a lot of a lot of tight ends that we thought were going to be good. Max Williams, people like that, who he never managed to develop as a quarterback. Uh, and I know he had success with some of the guys earlier in his career, but... I just worry that his sort of short accuracy is to a point where he he can't get the best out of these guys, uh, and that's the my only hold up with Fan. But I mean, in the twelfth round, it, it's really either way for me. I, I don't think one of these is gonna is gonna, it's not going to be the the difference between winning or losing a draft. Which one of these two you you take? I just no. think Fan has the higher ceiling. End of. That's I true. think for me, if if we're not sure between the two, I, I then kind of look at the schedule week one because I. At this point, I might be just streaming tight end and holding my nose each week. So the Jets have the Bills week one and Broncos have Raiders. So I would say the Raiders with all of the pieces that they've they've had to splice together on defense, I think that Fant has a 
easier route to success in that game than Herndon does against the Bills. Pull the cord on my boy Noah Fan. Finally, I managed to own him in one draft I've been in, and it's only a mock. Right, so Fant went at 12-8. Then Austin Hooper followed at 12-9. Dion Lewis at 12-10. Mike Davis at 12-11. And then Chris Thompson went at 12-12. Marquis Goodwin started 13th. Dante Moncrief went at 13-2. Debo Samuel at 13-3. That could be a steal. Marquis Brown at 13-4. And we're back on the clock, boys. Do we do we possibly take a quarterback now, or do we just wait until the very end? And what have we got? We've got Dak Prescott, Mitch Trubisky, Derek Derek Carr, Jimmy uh, Garoppolo still, or is he? You know, he went. He's gone. He's gone. Matty Stafford and Sam Donald are the only other ones I'd possibly consider. Well, what about Lamar Jackson? Why why not him? Because he's going to provide you plenty of value with his legs. It's the same. It's the Josh Allen theory, really, that what he's going to lack in his arms, he's going to make up with his running on a week-to-week basis. And I feel like his running felt fairly consistent in that he always gave you a little bit of it last year. And he's only going to develop as a as a as a as a thrower. That's not the word I was looking for, but you get my point. As a ball distributor, kind of kind of aspect, as an actual quarterback, not as a running back. Um, he'd be tempting for me just because I think week to week the ceiling is so high, and once again, you're kind of just streaming quarterbacks at this stage. So for me, he's a fun streamer, if nothing else. So he can't throw a football. Enough said. He can't well, throw. He can. No, he can't. Not not properly and not effectively. That and that is the biggest concern I have. That yeah, that but, Prescott is a safe, safe twelve uh, to safe 12 is boring. To, it might be, but it, I'm looking at Vic. I want trophies, not not. Oh well, I had a great time and came fourth. Like I I I, I want to win things. At least with Dak, I know what you're getting. You're getting a safe floor. It's not going to shoot lights out. But he's gonna with all the weapons he's got there now, he's gonna get touchdowns. Plus he runs in quite a few. I just think for me, Prescott is safe, predictable, you know what you're gonna get, you can model on him, you know you're gonna get, you know, sixteen to twenty five points a week, job done. I mean, I like Dak. Oh, it's coming to me. Oh, I, I I like Jackson. <laughs> um I think no, as well I, as, So I, they've I, got Go on, Rich, carry on. They've got Dolphins week one. Cowboys of Giants week one. I mean, I think the Cowboys are probably going to be dominating that game quite early. Um, Ravens versus Dolphins, I, c- I think, could be a surprise kind of, you know, both teams need to score points because both defences might struggle. Um, I'm going to go to Lamar Jackson because I think that his his rushing floor will will give us a, some level of stability. And I mean, at this point, we're we're kind of looking for a streamer plus and I don't mind streaming Lamar Jackson for the first week. That's okay. good with me. Murph is not happy, but no, but I've been outvoted the whole way through. So, Oh yeah, whatever. It's fine. So Jackson's in, we've got a quarterback at 13, five Curtis Samuel followed at 13, six Gus Edwards went at 13, seven. Then my boy, Chris Herndon went at 13, eight Greg Olson at 13, nine Prescott has gone at 13, 10 Deshaun Hamilton at 13, 11, and then Justice Hill and Jamal Williams were on the turn at 13-12 and 14-1, respectively. Then Kyle Rudolph went at 14-2. Kenny Stills at 14-3. AJ Brown, 14-4. Malcolm Brown at 14-5. Traquan Smith at 14-6. That could be a steal. And then ASJ at 14-7. We're back on the clock. What are we taking here? Wide receiver or running back? 
Just interestingly, Team 10, their four running backs are uh, Philip Lindsay, Latavius Murray, Jalen Samuels, and Jay Ajayi. That's one guy without a team, one guy with a wrist injury, one guy in Jalen Samuels who is a backup, and one guy in Latavius Murray who's actually pretty awful most of the time. That, 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 that's not a very convincing foursome, really, is it? <laughs> uh, also, their wide receivers are Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin and Kenny Stills. So Doug Baldwin and is Stephon retired. Diggs. Where's Stefan Diggs? Higher up. He's above Lindsay. Yeah. They've oh, got sorry. Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and Stefan Diggs above yeah, that. I, I was, I was. That's better. I was thinking. Apologies, uh, <laughs> I wasn't looking at the whole draft board. But that my team was more fun to play against. <laughs> um, here, I'm, I'm okay going really anywhere. I, you could make, I could make the case for another tight end. I can make the case to get a second quarterback if you really wanted. But running back and wide receiver, you're really just looking for upside at this stage in the draft. So, how can I suggest John Brown at Buffalo? He's probably the one. Um, we're we're in the fourteenth round, and Josh Allen's got a cannon, and John Brown is a burner. So put the two of them together, and you've got the one in Buffalo all day long. All day long. Can I can I throw in a curveball? Marquez Valdez Scantling? No, no. Okay, all right, John Brown then. <laughs> not, not if you're going to throw in a homer pick as well. It wasn't a homer pick. So the reason I was going to throw it in is we actually don't know who the uh, kind of second receiver is going to be in Green Bay, and in a team led by. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' second wide receiver in, in Green Bay is actually worth a lot. Um, so at this point, if we're looking for upside, then you know we could throw him in. He could sit on that bench. We could always use him as trade bait. I worry um, about that relationship with Rodgers. End of. I just think that their chemistry didn't work last year. A lot of reports have come out. I, and I think you're, you're picking from a lottery of three players there. Yeah, no, no. That's but the thing. John Brown is... John Brown, you know, is the one. Pretty much, I hold, I hold my hands out and say it is a lottery, but I'm 100 percent just looking for what if at this stage. Yeah, and no, I completely agree. I wouldn't have hated either, but I suggested John Brown, so I'm pleased we got him. Uh, Rob Kelly, he doesn't have a team, does he? No, he's still on the he's still on the ramps. <laughs> is he? Uh, he went at 14-9. Then Tyler Eifert, uh, Tyler Onefoot, sorry, went 14-10. Kalen Balage 14-11, and then Sam Bradford went at 14-12. Rex Burkhead at 15-1, Jimmy Graham at 15-2, Demarius Thomas at 15-3, Raquel Armstead at 15-4. We're back on the clock. Derek Carr. Okay. We should I was going to say Madison, the backup running back at Minnesota. I don't, I can't see him anywhere, but... He's still there. Dalvin Cook has such a problem staying healthy. I, I think Madison is a really talented running back and, and could provide great value at this point in the draft, I mean, he's got a ton of upside and I can find Derek Carr week to week on a waiver wire. Madison, if he has a good first week, he's gone. I don't think he plays week one, though, unless Cook goes down in preseason, in which case, I think if you sharp on the wire, you can pick him up. But Could I possibly suggest Duke Johnson here? He's still going to get reps if at Cleveland because of Kareem Hunt's suspension and Chubb doesn't really catch the ball. And this is a half-point PPR league. Okay, the silence says it all. Let's take Madison, hoping that Cook gets injured, shall we? I mean, obviously not hoping. I'm not hoping for injury. I'm just hoping for yeah, a I, I mean that if we do take him here and Cook does unfortunately get injured, we've got a running back one. Cause I'm, the... I'm just worried about... and I'm not overly worried about another QB, but I think the drop-off between Carr and what's left is massive, considering that Carr is two years removed from a potential MVP season that he, you know, without injury... I think under Gruden, I think he's going to produce. 
it goes against everything I stand for to take two quarterbacks in a draft, though. It's the equivalent of taking a kicker. Wow. Well, well, you know, this is a mock, so why don't we take two quarterbacks and see how you sleep then? <laughs> well, it's gonna, you're, yeah, but it's going to be miserable, and then I'm going to be awful for my family tomorrow, and it's all going to be on you guys. Well, that's all right. Make sure they listen to the podcast, and they'll know why. <laughs> I mean, that does sound like a you problem, to be fair, Ben. So uh, let's pull the trigger on Derek Carr. Boom! <laughs> Derek Carr's in. Sleep well, Benjamin. Sleep well. Uh, Alexander Matheson did, however, then go straight after us at 15-6. Andy Isabella at 15-7. Robert Foster at 15-8. Damian Harris at 15-9. Duke Johnson went at 15-10. Mitch Trubisky at 15-11. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling finished off the draft at 15-12. Shall I run through our team, drafting from the fifth spot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so our running backs are David Johnson, Aaron Jones, Darius Geis, Carlos Hyde, Ronald Jones... And that is it. Our wide receivers are Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Alan Robinson, Robbie Anderson, D.D. Westbrook, Keithy Cootie, and John Brown. Our quarterbacks, I say quarterbacks because Ben didn't want to draft two, so we did, are Lamar Jackson and Derek Carr. And our tight end is Noah Fant. I don't think that's a terrible team drafting at the fifth spot. I quite like it. No, it's great. It's, it's, a, it's a really good team. I really like it. I just wish we had one extra running back and one less quarterback, and then I'd be over the moon. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't let things drop, guys. You feel slightly better about life, so <laughs> fair enough. That's a good enough reason, isn't it? <laughs> right, boys. I think that Rush Nation will have learnt from this because of where we drafted. People, loads of people say they want to draft from the first and the, on the turns and stuff, but not many people really want to draft from the middle. But I think we've got a stellar team, which proves you can get a good team in a twelve-team league, drafting from the fifth to seventh spot, and. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Useful exercise. I think it was good that some of the players that we were talking about taking then went immediately, which says we got our ADPs pretty good. Um, and then a couple of players that we, you know, I think the big learning point for me was that guys fell falling to the fifth when could have got him in the, in the fourth. In the fourth, you know, that worked out really well because we ended up getting him anyway and got a better our wide receiver than we would have got. So um, I think the real big shock from all of this was just some of the some of the values on QBs and some of the rookies going far too high, which is what we've been saying all along with, um, you know, draft bias. I think the ADPs will even out. So if you're doing your draft now, I think, you know, it's going to be a lot higher than it will be uh, in a month's time or two months time. 100%. Right. Um, Rich, would you like to quickly shout out your charity league again? Make sure everyone knows where to go, get the form and join up. And your article as well. Uh, Yeah. So, the, the Twitter account for the Fantasy League is at UK Fantasy League. And yeah, you can find find me on Twitter at RichKingFF. Perfect. And Ben, where can people find you? I am at BenRoll15 on Twitter. And I share the account for the Fantasy League with Rich. So hit us up on either of those and we'll be happy to answer your questions, give you advice, whatever you're really looking for. Perfect. Well, Ben, thank you so much for your debut appearance. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'd love to come back sometime and... Uh, Give a uh, give Rich some more some more uh, some more on the air rubbish to uh, deal with. Thanks. Yeah. In fairness, Ben, you've got to come back and tell us how you sleep tonight because we drafted two quarterbacks. So you've <laughs> by allowing us to draft two quarterbacks, you lock yourself back in without even realising. Oh, it sounds good. I can't wait, guys. It's been a lot of fun. 
Brilliant. Thanks, Ben. Rich, welcome to the squad, man. And also, today's been good. Yeah, always always a pleasure to be on. So I'm pleased I'll be on more often now. Brilliant. Yes, we will work out the next appearance uh, ASAP. Murph, as always, mate, this has been a laugh. It's been a long day. I'm tired and I've got a mountain of editing to do. So on that absolute bombshell of a mic drop, Rush Nation, until next time, keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.